0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Yes, I am back in my normal <laughs> studio. I'm... No longer in the, the big, super nice studio at uh, at Blue Wire Studios at the Wynn in Las Vegas. Keith, next time, you're coming with me. We're going to have to do a big show from from there. But that was, man, that was a ton of fun being in that that you know, that huge and just absolutely incredible studio.
2: Yeah, it looked amazing. I, I can't wait to get out there, hopefully, this summer. We're right? mm-hmm. only a few months from Summer League, one of right. our favorite times of the year. So hopefully we'll be able to do that at that point. But yeah, man, uh I you know I can't lie I'm glad we're we're back on even playing field here in the home offices so I'll uh, I'll take it but no that was so cool you know what a what a great opportunity to do that you know just uh, for for the proof of the show and and thanks to everybody who watches and supports and everything because if you guys weren't watching and supporting we wouldn't get these opportunities so Correct. You know, th- thanks to everybody out there uh, we're still working on the name you know front front officers doesn't seem to be uh super popular so we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out we'll we'll, we'll get there uh, before before, I'm gonna say this before we get to the summer transaction season at the draft, we'll we'll have a name for the front office fans.
1: I like that. I like that. Yeah.
2: Okay. Comment, get, shoot it, drop it in the comments. What you like? Yeah. And then we'll.
1: What should we call front office fans? There should be there should be a name for the for the group. Um, yes. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. What and we and it can
2: can't just be nation. Like that's no. you guys already have that with Lakers Nation. We, we we need something
1: different. We have like we have Lakers Nation. One of my favorite podcasts out there is Fantasy Footballers. They do the Foot Clan. Is yeah. there you know throwing yeah. back to you know like we need something kind of along Perfect. those Absolutely. lines. I feel like so let us the know. The more, the better. Yes, absolutely. Give us, give yeah. us your thoughts. Give us your comments, Keith. I am ready to go. So I had an early flight yesterday. I slept for eleven <laughs> hours last night. I don't think I've you ever returned from Vegas. I can't remember the last time I slept that long. But so I am. I'm ready to roll, man. Let's let's get into some of this. Um,
2: <laughs> hey, I just I have to add on to that. It was very very funny. My wife said, "Are you guys recording today?" She usually asks. We share an office space, yeah. so we we. You'll work around each other throughout the course of the day in our calls. And I said, you know what's funny i was like trevor had an early flight and i haven't heard from him i said i'm guessing he's like past (laughs) right now it was at some point in the afternoon and it was like four o'clock or whatever when you were like hey so here's what i'm thinking for the day or you know might even later might even been like six yeah like i don't remember it was a while later so i thought that was pretty funny
1: oh yeah vegas i i didn't do anything crazy in vegas it was just being so busy recording and doing stuff for work and, and all of that kind of stuff that oh and then the travel i've i was yeah I was that out.
2: east west is east west back west east, yep. like it just yeah I, it kills me when i do that trip like i get out there and then i'm just like done yeah like i yeah, i have told trevor this but i'll tell everybody i'm a horrible time zone changer i will get out to las vegas and at like eight o'clock at night i'm like i'm going to bed i'm not <laughs> staying up and then i'm off bed you know, two, three, four in the morning and I'm like ready to go. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm bad about it. And then by the time I get good, it's time to come home again. And then I'm, I'm a complete mess all over again.
1: And then you've so, got another, another few days of, of readjusting yeah. back to where, you, where exactly. you were. Yep.
2: Well, yeah, let's get into it. Cause we did a lot of stuff mm-hmm. over the last couple of days and really important uh, stories to 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 the NBA as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, let, let's start with Kyrie Irving. I mean, now eligible to play in home games, it finally happened, and it happened just in time for the Brooklyn Nets. But the the question that's out there, and we're going to get into what this means for the Nets. But how much of this is Kyrie? How much of this is the Yankees? Does is that does that was that the real like you know straw that broke the camel's back? Was that the sure. the final factor here that caused this to? finally allow players to play in home games i i'm curious about what kind of an impact that had
2: yeah from everything i'm reading Kyrie is a very small part of this and the the uh, mayor in new york city and all his aides and everybody else said we're not changing the rules for one player and at that point he was the one player but then with major league baseball's opening day just a couple weeks away it became all right there's reportedly a bunch i don't know how many that accounts for, but a bunch of Yankees and Mets who are not vaccinated that were not going to be able to play in home games. And the uh, Mets owner was a very large donor to, to the mayor's uh, campaign. Oh. So that probably factored in as well. I have also read articles out there that suggested that both, uh, Broadway as well as the film and television industry were pushing for this as well because they've actually lost work out of New York that have been moved to other – not Broadway, obviously, because you can't move you know Broadway. <laughs> right. But but the film and TV have moved uh, you know some production stuff out of the state because of the vaccine mandates that, that were there because they had – whether it be actors or production staff or whoever. So I, I, I'm going to guess very little was Kyrie – quite a bit to the baseball teams and then the rest eaten up by the uh, film and entertainment industry. But yeah, uh, for our purposes here, Kyrie's back. Mm -hmm. And that is massive for the Brooklyn Nets because now you have two weeks roughly of, Steve Nash can get him out there fully and it's not this piecemeal. He's out there. He's not out there, but really these next two weeks, he can really start to say, all right, these are what our rotations are. These are what our lineups work best. These are the guys who look good, really kind of get all that sorted and figured out. Uh, Kyrie is, should be very fresh and ready to go. Uh-huh. He's you know played in very few games comparative to, to the other players around the league. So, you know, massive for the nets. Um, you know, we're, we're going to get into it in a little bit. We'll see about Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. There's still optimism on their side. I guess we might as well just rope this all into one big thing, but the Nets continue to be optimistic. Sean Surania uh, today or yesterday, it was one of the two. I can't remember when, um, but he was on, I believe it was the Pat McAfee show and said sources tell him. And that's consistent with what they've said publicly. Yeah. I don't, know that i believe simmons is going to play uh this season i just think we're running out of time uh for that one but yeah we're we're gonna see as we record this today on friday afternoon before any games have been played today they are in the eighth spot they are a game up on Charlotte, two games up on Atlanta. They are three games behind Cleveland and Toronto who are now tied for six and seven. And they all have nine games to play all all uh, uh, five of those teams from six to ten.
1: That's that's a big gap to make up there yeah. for the Nets. I don't see them getting all the way up to seven or, or six there. I mean that's that's a lot in such a short time frame. but here's the thing here's where this this really matters because I would just correct me if I'm wrong here, but Kyrie still can't play in Canada. Correct. So it that 6-7 matchup becomes, I mean, it was always going to be important, but who ultimately lands where for the Nets is definitely going to matter. If you're the Nets, you are rooting hard for the Raptors to move up and the Cavs mm-hmm. to wind up in the 7th seed so that you can play Kyrie Irving. Um, that's I think that's going to be a major factor in round one of, uh, of the play-in tournament.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you do not want to have to go into Toronto without Kyrie because here's the thing. So let's let's just game this out a little bit. Even though Kyrie can play, you go into Toronto, that's going to be tough Uh to win without him there. So let's say you lose that game. All right, you still have the cushion, right? You still have then you're going to get the winner of the Hawks and Hornets. Those are two teams, though, that if – what if you have one of those games where Trey Young hits 10 three-pointers and the Hawks shoot the lights out or LaMelo Ball and the Hornets are hitting every shot? All of a sudden, you could be in a shootout you don't really expect to be in, and your whole season could be on the line. So you would rather, yes, get that shot. I mean, ideally, right, you'd catch them both and run them down. The reason why, and Trevor said this, and I've been saying this, is three games doesn't sound like a lot, but with only nine to play, a lot. it's just a math problem. How you have to think about that is, do you see the Cavs and Raptors? Or let, let's say you see the Nets going six and three or seven and two. That means you think the Cavs and Raptors are going to go like three and six or four and five over their last nine when nothing should really show us that they're probably going to play that poorly. That's what you're working against. It's not just about the Nets winning a bunch of games. You need those other teams to lose a bunch of games too. Now they do have one left with Cleveland, Mm -hmm. so that'll be, you know, they can influence that and that could be big, but yeah, I mean, that's your goal, but yeah, I think you'd rather, you'd rather try to, you know, be hoping that the raptors move past Cavs, as you said, and that kind of removes that. And then it then you kind of get the fun storyline of Kyrie going back to Cleveland Uh and you know all that stuff in there. And you know, I all I'm hoping for really is that the Cavs, Raptors, and Nets get the six, seven, eight spots because nothing against the Hornets and the Hawks. But I just don't feel like they've played well enough where I think those other three have, have separated themselves. This is kind of the downside to the playing tournament where it's uh-huh. it's exciting and it's fun and all that, but you know, it's these these other three teams have all played, you know, enough better that I feel more comfortable about them. But it, it is what it is. Well,
1: there is one Hornets Nets game left on the schedule, yeah. so that that may matter as well. Okay. Again, the Hornets are a game back, um, the Hawks are two games back. I just see with with Kyrie back, I would have to imagine the Nets can hold off those two teams. But again, this is where I'd have to go into their schedule as well. Let's see. Well, Cause... I got it. I have it. Right oh, okay, you've got so let's, the Hornets let's schedule. Just
2: run through it. So they lost to Memphis. Okay. Yeah, they're nice. As I did this one. They had 10 games left. So now they're at Miami. That's their next one. That's pretty tough regardless. Yep. Right. Kyrie will play, but that's tough. Then Charlotte, that game you were mentioning, That's a pretty big one. Then you've got the Detroit Pistons. That should be a win. Then they've got the Bucks. That's a tough one, uh-huh. even though it's in Brooklyn. Then at Atlanta, could be maybe. I picked the Nets to win that uh-huh. one. Then it gets kind of easy for three of the last four. It's Houston, New York. Then versus Cleveland, that's a huge game yep. in the next to last game of the season. And then versus Indiana. So I think you can feel pretty comfortable in that last nine, probably picking out at least four or five wins. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know, you feel really good about getting more than that. It probably starts to be a little bit more of a toss-up. You know, not impossible, but you know, hey, having Kyrie makes it a heck of a lot easier than not having Kyrie.
1: And let, let me mention this too. Um, that Knicks game. So Houston and then New York. That Knicks game, second night of a back to back, might that be an opportunity for some rest there? I wouldn't be surprised Could if we be. see, you know, like a, you know, yeah. it depends on how things are looking in the standings, but end yeah. of the season, sometimes we do get some of that kind of craziness in terms of rest and stuff like that coming up.
2: That is also one other important thing about having Kyrie back. Even if Kevin Durant doesn't take rest games, you're not driving him into the ground right. the rest of the way. Beyond KD, you can spot Patty Mills rest days if he needs it. Patty Mills just looks like his legs are gone mm-hmm. because I think he's had to play far more than anybody ever anticipated between Kyrie's situation for the first 3 quarters of the year and then James Harden being out with injuries, KD being out with injuries. They had to really rely on Patty Mills to be, you know, I, I let me look it up, but I'm going to guess he was up close to 30 minutes per game mm-hmm. if not over, and that's just that's too too many for for him at this point in his career, um, Patty Mills, yeah, 29.8 minutes per game over 72 games played at age 33. Mm -hmm. When in the years before that 25 minutes, 22 minutes, 23 minutes, 26 minutes, all for the most part coming off the bench, um, you know, for those Spurs teams. So that's, that's tough, right? You, you, you tasked him with a role that I don't think, um, you know, he was, uh, looking at when he signed with the Nets Mm. and that becomes a big challenge because he is very good and has had a great season. I mean, he's over 40% from three, but you could just see in the last few weeks when he has played, he just doesn't look like the same guy. He looks very tired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, that's what happens towards the end of the season. So if you can afford to get some guys, some rest anywhere in there, it it could be a major benefit to, uh, to the Brooklyn Nets. All right, uh, so Ben Simmons potentially back for them at some point, and the Nets. I think their playoff prospects look a lot better right now in terms of how far they can go, the damage they can do. Certainly, they so did I just a few days ago.
2: Yeah, real quick with you because let's not let's not get stupid. They're they're not going to go on some crazy insane run uh-huh. with all these teams losing games that gets them into you know home court advantage territory. That's not going to happen. So, being realistic, so they're going to play in the first round at this point
3: Mm
2: -hmm. right i think we both think they make it through the play-in and they'll get in so of these teams that that the nets could play in the first round miami milwaukee philadelphia or boston which teams do you pick the nets to win against and i'm i'm gonna ask this let's assume ben simmons is not playing because i think that's the most Realistic path.
1: Ben Simmons is not playing. Okay. Well,
2: or or I guess answer both ways. Change, change. You know, Mm -hmm. switch it up if you want.
1: I mean, but here's the thing: with incorporating a guy like this this late in the season, it's not always like the math doesn't always work out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you don't. You you can go and say, "Oh, Ben Simmons is a good player." Player is going to help you. This team's going to win more, but sometimes sure. the speed bumps that you that you incur yeah. just by by trying to incorporate a new player like that it can diminish those returns, yeah. So, um, so I think it, and he's not
2: he's not a plug and play guy, exactly. Either. Let's be fair about that. He's not a he's not um set screens, roll to the rim protect the basket on the other end Uh he's not that guy he's also not a uh all right hey we're gonna you know set a couple sets for you to run off screens and shoot threes and that's all we need out of you like he's not that guy either like he's such a unique talent that it's just going to take a little bit of time especially on the offensive end to incorporate him but miami milwaukee philly boston who do you think the nets can beat in a seven-game playoffs. Well, let let me go back. Mm-hmm. Who do you think they would beat? Because they obviously can. Yeah, they they the could States.
1: they could beat any of yeah. them. Um, gosh, Is it weird that I think that Miami is the team they would be most likely to beat out of that group?
2: I don't. And they're the one I, seed right now. I, I wouldn't pick. I would pick Philly. Yeah, F- Philly would I'd be pick.
1: another one that would be up there for me.
2: But Miami. Yeah, I think Philly and Miami are the two. Yeah that I feel pretty confident saying they would beat. Milwaukee is just – it's tough. I mean, but let's not forget, I mean, they were – They looked good against them last year. They were going up 3-0 in the playoffs last year. Um, And then I'm I'm trying not to get too high on Boston. I just think Boston gives them a challenge defensively that none of the other teams of the conference can. Um, So, yeah, it could beat all of them for Mm -hmm. sure. I mean, you got KD and Kyrie. You, you know, you're probably going to, you know, you have a really good shot against anybody in the league. I feel pretty confident if they face off in the first round against Philly or Miami, I might pick Brooklyn, Milwaukee, or Boston. I'm going to have to dig in a lot deeper.
1: I think I would say Philly would be the team that they would want to see the most. And beyond just from the narrative side, I think Philly is the most vulnerable team to what what the Nets mm-hmm. bring to the table. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you can, that. you can put Matisse-Thibault on, on KD and you can, you can do some, some things, but sure. ultimately I also think you can kind of switch hunt them a little bit and get in, you know, get some things done there. Uh, Miami, I think has enough, you know, enough grit and everything to, to get the job done as well. But I think that's another team the Nets could pot- uh, potentially take down. Milwaukee and, and Boston, I think just, typically if you're going to beat a team that's got the real high-end talent like the top-end talent that's you know KD Kyrie maybe Ben Simmons if you're going to beat a team like that you're going to do it with a team that just executes that out executes Mm -hmm. them and I think Milwaukee and Boston probably have the best possibility of of doing that out of those groups and I and I feel bad putting my because Miami executes very well as well but I think Milwaukee and Boston actually are playing in a, in a, or in a different tier. And Milwaukee, I think, can – I think they kind of have that reigning champ mystique where they can sure. take their game to another level. And I think they will come playoff time.
2: I worry about Miami being able to keep up offensively. Yeah. Because I think the Nets are going to – even if you are a good defense, which the Heat are, you got to be able to score points. And I just have seen too many games recently where the Heat just – they're they grind to a halt uh-huh. and they're just really struggling to create offense. So, you know, but here's the bigger thing. Man, the East Bluffs are gonna be awesome. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> they're gonna be so good. I mean both sides are gonna be good, but like the East.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
2: We're not looking at any of these where it's like, man, what an awful walkover series this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like these, these, these are going to be great matchups. I can wait.
1: The um, the adjustments game to game are going to be fascinating Huge. to see yep. from the the coaching perspective. Yep. Um, yeah, big time. All right, let's move on to Memphis. John Morant. Two more weeks. Two more. Getting close there. To playoff time, yeah. but um, but hopefully he is back and ready to go. And the thing about the Grizzlies is, and I've seen some people make the argument that this has actually hurt John ja Morant in terms of the MVP discussion. I don't he's I don't think he's winning MVP, but no. people saying that oh well, but the Grizzlies have played so well without him that that actually hurts the argument for John ja Morant being in that MVP mix. I'm not going to dive into all that too much, but he's out for a couple more weeks. Um, again, you get him back and healthy, this Grizzlies team is not a team to mess with come playoff time. I think that they. They've got the right attitude, the right mentality, and they can give anybody in the Western Conference a real run for their money.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They clinched the playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, they—they Phoenix has now clinched the best record in the NBA. Nobody can catch mm-hmm. them. Uh, the rest of the way, the worst they can finish is 60 and 22 and the best the Grizzlies can finish is 59 and 23. So uh, you know, while while we're on a John Moran topic, but let's give the Suns a little bit of love uh-huh. uh, there for clinching the league's best record. And then obviously nobody in the East is is uh, near those those uh, records either. Um, but yeah, here's the thing that I'm worried about for Memphis. Two weeks till he's reevaluated. We talk yeah. about this all the time. That's not rarely are you reevaluated cleared and you return that day. That's pretty uncommon that that's how it goes. So I'm thinking we're not going to see John Morant again until game one of the playoffs. That's just, you know, just starting to do, I mean, we're only got a little over two weeks left in the season. Maybe he comes back for that last game of the regular season as kind of a knock the rust off Mm -hmm. game uh, there, but if they can hold off the Warriors, they're up two and a half right now, they may have it clinched by then and it may be a cameo. Like hey, he's just out there to play, you know, twenty minutes and then that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, get get out there, run up and down a few times, look get look good, feel good, and you know, get get out of here. I almost went Deion Sanders there. What is it? Look good, feel good, play good, get paid good. <laughs> <laughs> so um <laughs> so it's uh yeah, it's um but yeah, he uh he you know that that's that's tough. But I'm with you. I just want to add too. I've seen so many people say John Morant's overrated. Mm-mm. The rest of the Grizzlies are underrated. Yeah. That's the real thing here. Like that, that team's good beyond mm-hmm. him. It's not. and stop with this whole, they're better without him stuff. A oh, no. handful of people. That's just dumb.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, let's not go there.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, boy. Speaking of the injury watch, uh, Anthony Davis, according to Dave McMenamin of ESPN, the Lakers are hopeful that Anthony Davis will return sometime the first week of April. Obviously, April 10th is the end of the season uh, for the Lakers. So what, What the Lakers are doing right now is hoping just to get him back in time to have a few games left in the season, get his legs under him a little bit, and then get into the play-in. They do have some games coming up with the New Orleans Pelicans, one this coming Sunday, then another one on April 1st. Obviously, first week of April. Technically, April 1st could be... Could be in the mix there, but I, I would sure. I would imagine it's probably more the latter half. All we've heard is that he's been shooting on the floor. We've seen him taking some turnaround jumpers, things of that nature. Uh, hasn't really ramped things up in terms of a physical, you know, actually taking contact in practice or anything like that. So still some some ways to go there. But, I mean, good news that they are hoping that he could be back before the play-in tournament starts.
2: Yeah, I do wonder... I. And I said this the other day, I felt good that, uh, we had kind of our, our, uh, nine, 10 matchup, mm-hmm. whether it be Lakers at Pelicans or Pelicans at Lakers, the Spurs are kind of there, but they just don't, I don't know. Like if the Spurs go have another game where like they sit out four starters mm-hmm. cause they, and they just throw it away. Then it's like, then I just can't, can't even assume that they're even really trying. But I was looking at the Lakers it's, it's pretty rough. Yeah, it's the personally.
1: worst schedule in the league. Like, it's.
2: Yeah, I mean at New Orleans versus New Orleans. Those are two, two they're just gonna be tough games because they're they're fighting mm-hmm. with each other for for spots, but at Dallas, at Utah, at Phoenix, at the Warriors, and then at Denver, yeah, they have a game versus Denver. The only easy game is versus Oklahoma City, and we've kind of seen how that's gone yep. uh this year. So I mean, I don't think any games for you know the, the Lakers can be necessarily considered easy, but I would think probably by that game there, the Thunder are probably uh, all right. Yeah, let's. uh we're. we're oh, and loss might push us in a better ping pong position. Mm-hmm. Great. Here's uh you know V Krejci for 45 right. minutes tonight. You know, defending LeBron James, like you know. But it's man, that's I hadn't looked at it before now, and I was like, boy, that's 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 pretty tough. Like that that is a, a rough uh, run it, down the
1: stretch. It essentially, and this has always been my take on on schedules like this. It turns, because I'm a big believer in you have to win the games you're supposed to win that are on your schedule. That's Mm -hmm. what matters in the NBA. It's not so much beating the top teams. So that turns New Orleans, the two games against New Orleans. It turns the game against Oklahoma City. It turns those three games into must wins. And then you need to pick up a win or two somewhere else.
2: Yeah, I know the Phoenix game. Maybe that's not as tough as it looks today, right? Because they could, They
1: could be resting all their guys. You know, yeah.
2: They, yeah, they may be, you know, whether it's full-on resting or that could be one where, yeah, you know, the starters are out there, but they're kind of getting their cardio in right. for, uh, you know, 30 minutes. So um, I'll, I was going to make a really cheap joke. Like, the Lakers usually look
1: like getting their cardio in <laughs> no, for 30 that's, minutes. That's fair. That's fair.
2: <laughs> so, but, yeah, no, the bigger point was, and we got a little off track here, but, you know, getting AD back, huge right mm-hmm. even if it's and i'm not going to say like 80 healthy ad because if he's not 100 healthy you he should not play right this is a long-term thing for you but if it's if he can be 80 production ad mm-hmm. just because he's out of rhythm or whatever that's better than the kind of mess they've been thrown out there at the big position you know for the last what two months that he's been out well
1: and if you've seen what they've done recently the last like four games have actually looked pretty good for the Lakers, even though they they lost to the Philadelphia 76ers. They were they were competitive, they were right yep. there. And then um, yep. then their loss to the Wizards was certainly a rough one. But through three quarters, they were good. They just completely fell to pieces in the fourth quarter. But Frank Vogel's been making the point: like, hey, we've looked pretty good for the last, you know, eleven of the last 12 quarters after the game into the 76ers. You could probably say 15 of the last 16 quarters. They've mm-hmm. actually played yeah, fairly well in terms great. of playing with energy and effort. And I know that should be that's a pretty low bar, but for the Lakers, but, that's been yeah. an issue this season. Um, so there's some optimism. They've just basically said, look, young guys that are scrappy and hungry, you guys are playing all the minutes, and and off we go. And that's that's what we're gonna do. And it's it's kind of been working. It's at least been more again, it's a low bar. It's been more watchable in the last few games. <laughs> well, for, I think for they're at least on the awesome.
2: Off- a little bit now, mm-hmm. too, right? It's like, let's, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're gonna kind of, which is completely antithesis of the way uh, Frank Vogel wants to play, mm-hmm. but like, we're gonna outscore you. Like, we're, we'll just embrace this and try to outscore you. And I do think what you can do if you get Anthony Davis back, it is, all right, you know what? We'll, we'll play up and down with you for three, three and a half quarters. Mm-hmm. And then in the back half of the fourth quarter, with AD, with LeBron. Even with Russ, because he, he still can do it on occasion. All right, guys, we need to lock in now. Now, play. Give me five, six minutes of the best defense you can each night, and that should hopefully be enough to get us you know down the stretch and in these close games. Uh-huh. Provided you know you're not getting down 30 right you know, in the early you know poor portion but you know i think they've turned a little bit of a corner offensively here over the last few games where it's all right hey we can make this work we we can go out and, and score and you know do our thing on that end so you know i'm still i am hey i'm not predicting a whole heck of a lot no. but i i'm intrigued if you can get ad back it, it become again it becomes a lot more interesting than just what's the plan and you know all right get get out of this and get this over with yeah
1: instead of one two three cancun and they're at least (laughs) you know showing showing some fight uh chris paul speaking of the phoenix suns chris paul back in action uh that's great to see and uh and you know healed he played great
2: last night too healed
1: up quickly and you know what the suns really didn't skip a beat without him now again for the suns right now it's just about maintenance it's just about making sure that you keep that rhythm you try to finish uh, playing at a high level and and healthy That's the biggest thing just see out the rest of the season and finish healthy.
2: yeah I mean that, that's that's it you're, you're you know keep 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 this rhythm going. I tweeted it last night watching that at the end of that game against Denver. I was trying to watch that the US men's national team which should have got three oh. points but we'll take the one. One on the road in s we'll we'll take it. But gosh, man, finish those chances if, right in front of the net.
1: If you had told me before before the match that the U.S. was going to get a point out of it, I would have been thrilled. Just, I mean, yep. but it would have said yes. They they did it. Yep. They got the mission accomplished. They got the job done. But then having watched it, uh yeah. there was there were opportunities there to get three points.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. It's all right. We'll 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 move on. Sunday, we'll get it done oh, Sunday. Got it. Get the three points here in Orlando against Panama. Get the three points, qualify, go, uh-huh. be done. Um, all right, Chris Paul, 17 points, 13 assists in 30 minutes last night. He's good. Just Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't even miss a beat, just came right back in. And what, what I was going to say, the point I was trying to make before I went on that tangent about soccer, was watching the end of that game, if you don't beat the Suns in the first forty-three minutes of a game, you're not beating them in the last five. Mm-hmm. They're too good. They're just going to out execute you. Do every everything. They're going to get every shot they want to get. They know exactly who they are. They're just going to do what they want to do, and they're going to, you know, they're just going to grind you into you know submission. I mean, Devin Booker last night was he was so good—forty-nine points and ten assists last night. I mean, he Unreal. was unbelievable. You know, the way he played De- Denver try. I mean, they it felt like one of the points of the game where I was watching, they tried just about everything that they could mm-hmm. on him. and They had no, no, no options at all. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're good. I continue to say if there's one team in the league that you're going to force me to pick to win the championship right now, it would be the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. I, I would give them you know, uh, the best chances by far and away above any team
1: i haven't looked but i would assume they're the betting favorite as well to to win the whole thing
2: right now i gotta imagine now i know as odd as this may be i think the celtics are still the uh 538 model um odds i think we're still the top top odds let me see
1: it's crazy it's uh right now it's the suns guess who's number two
2: is it the celtics
1: it's the nets
2: of winning the finals, oh, yeah. Do you have it sorted by when I just pulled it up Ma- by Raptor? Chance of winning the final, Celtics 30%. Oh, no, I'm so, looking at, at oh, Vegas. You, oh, you're looking at Vegas. Betting. I went to 538 odds. Okay, okay, so we're talking two different, yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't, I guess, surprise me all
1: that much. Wow, that's interesting.
2: Uh, but five thirty eight odds. Chances of winning the final Celtics, 30% Suns 20% bucks, 15. Nobody else is higher than eight, 8% though. The Denver nuggets. Really? Yeah. Which seems odd considering they might be in the playing tournament. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what their Raptor model. If you go to ELO, Elo flips over to the Suns at forty one percent, Celtics at twenty nine percent. Nobody else above nine percent, which is the Grizzlies.
1: Vegas has the Celtics plus fourteen hundred. The Suns, Suns plus four hundred. You might have to go put some put some money down on that. Yeah,
2: I, can, what, can I send you back real quick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, go drop a little a little coin there. Uh, then the, go go drop enough, and we'll both have. Studios. This this
1: is this is a little crazy to me. The suns are right now a plus 400. The nets are plus 450.
3: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Like they've got that in terms of betting. And and I mean, look, betting lines change as people bet, right? So a lot of times like Lakers odds look better than they really should because a lot of people just put... Yeah, it's
2: the Lakers and Knicks always. Right,
1: yeah, because they have a lot of people betting. And so, but Warriors plus 500. So Nets could just be a lot of people, you know, seeing the big names and throwing in money, especially now that the Kyrie thing happened. But interesting, like from an NBA perspective, I wouldn't put the Nets odds of winning the whole thing anywhere close to what the Suns are. I wouldn't either.
2: Mm. Interesting. Especially not when you consider, I mean, even with their talent, the Nets are going to have a hard path. Yep. Cause they're going to be the seventh or eighth seed. Like they're going to have to really work to get through, you know, not only the play, just through the first round, they're going to be playing a pretty good team. So yeah, that'll be fun to check again. And like, you know, two weeks when we've only got a couple days left to go in the season
1: in case you want a chance to make some really big money the oklahoma city thunder at plus plus two hundred thousand. <laughs> i don't think they're I, out though, yeah aren't they? They, they, yeah they can't it, win. it's got to be old they've just eliminated. got it still on there yeah
2: okay i was gonna say i was like wait that can't they're, happen
1: they're
2: one of them. <laughs> yeah i was like they're one of them they, they can't win anything give me portland though run by the boys there you go That's, there's that. Let's, get, yep. see, let's let's throw a little coin on that one. But, yeah. Simon
1: says, right?
2: Yeah, uh, just just because because we're because I'm in it. Uh, Five thirty-eight does predict that the Lakers, their model, their Raptor model predicts that the Lakers will hold off the Spurs mm-hmm. uh, for that final playing spot. Thirty-four wins for the Lakers, thirty-three for the Spurs. Oh, just and barely, just, just barely gonna gonna hang on to that last one. We'll see.
1: Uh, it's another LA team. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. Paul George <laughs> returned to practice. That, and that's great news. That's great news. Um, maybe maybe scary news if you're one of the teams that could wind up having to play against the Clippers. Uh, but Timberwolves or Nuggets, mm-hmm. too, right? In that first playing game. Yep. That's
2: not great.
1: Nope. So, yep. Paul George returned to practice. Uh, will he return? Th- that doesn't mean he's returning this season. But, obviously, yep. it's a good sign, though. It, I mean, it's, it's a step in the right direction. Um, the Clippers, of course, have long said, though, that this is a, a long-term thing. They're not going to rush anything. Yep. I think if, if he's anything less than 100%, they're not going to put him back out on the floor. But if he is, maybe that shakes things up a little bit in the, in the playoffs.
2: Sure. Now, we got used to the Clippers kind of shenanigans in the playoffs yeah, last year right. after we knew Kawhi was out. But it is interesting that they haven't ruled Paul George, Kawhi um norm powell uh-huh. they haven't rolled any of those guys out for the season yet so you know there is there is some buzz and potential out there that let's see where where we're at um again though i do wonder like like really those aren't guys, norman powell's a little bit different but like Kawhi, like you're gonna throw him right into a playoff game right. like that would feel a little odd um to me but i, I don't know to me although this says is, is like they're gonna they they they're going to have to be way up there as far as favorites for the title for next year. To start next. Absolutely. Season, right? Like pending what other roster moves other teams make. Like they they're just they're so deep. Uh-huh. Like that's going to be the thing and they've got all the pieces if they need to make trades or anything like that. So yeah, but that's we'll, we'll get there. We'll 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 get there. we promise mm-hmm. we'll get to that but something I was thinking about
1: uh the blazers have signed drew eubanks and chris dunn to 10-day <laughs> deals and keith i was asking you about this before they we came out because it feels like these guys have been on 10 days forever um <laughs> where eubanks are we at in terms of you know hardship because this season has been bizarre and we've had hardship 10 days we've had regular 10 days some count some don't. Yeah. what what's the story here
2: yeah so this is drew eubanks fourth 10 day um with the blazers now in a normal year you can sign two 10-day contracts with the same player, same team. Then after that second one, you have to sign the player for the rest of the season, or you can't re-sign them. Um, What they did was they did two versions this year of hardship contracts. There is one where if a team has a hardship due to injuries, they're allowing you to go beyond the two 10-days. So in the case of Drew Eubanks, because Portland has seven, eight guys that are dealing with injuries on any given day, I believe there's seven that are probably out for the rest of the season, and then there's like Justice Winslow is in and out, they're allowing them to have a hardship, and that's allowing them to sign Eubanks. The other version was the COVID-related hardship, which you could sign the player to, and then the player's contract did not count against the uh, cap or tax. And they put that in because – You had these teams that were hard-capped that were going to get into trouble if they had to keep adding these guys back in December and January when we were really running into the COVID absences. So right now, Eubanks... For 10 days, this is Chris Dunn's second, but yeah, the Blazers are just, they're they're trying to play out the string here. My guess is, I mean, both of these guys, these will expire with enough time to sign one more. Mm -hmm. My guess is, though, Blazers will like what they've seen out of Eubanks enough. They'll sign him for the rest of the season at that point, and then what that'll do is that'll give them at least something going into next year, uh, minor free agent rights or something like that, and they're going to have a million roster spots to fill, so you know if you can find a guy or two here on the cheap now, great. You've already kind of got them, and then let's let's you know, roll into that next year.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, um, the Heat. Well, on that topic, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: let's go to the Damian Lillard. One. Oh yes, yeah, uh, that's that's right. right. We should let's, do that. Look at that Segway, folks. Professional. Look at that. We should be in the studio, <laughs> right? Come on now. Um, <laughs> uh, Damien Lillard, uh, speaking with Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports, uh, Lillard said, "Spill." Pretty good, but he agrees it's the right decision for him not to play again this season, and that he's optimistic about yeah. where they're at. And then, you know, shout out to Dame Lillard, man. I Dame Lillard, sneaky front office show listener, maybe I mean, listen to this quote. We've positioned ourselves to do something we haven't been able to do since I've been here. We've opened up money, we could have cap space. But we got draft picks. we got a $22 million trade exception. We've got a $6 million trade exception. We have the full mid-level. We have the biannual. we got a lot of different ways we can go. We have an opportunity and flexibility. There are guys we can go out there that can help us compete for a championship, but we have to execute. So shouts to Dave Lillard. Thanks for, for listening like, to the show, man. Yeah, dropping in some cats That's awesome. There. You know, yeah, Dame time, baby. It's what he does in his downtime. I got to believe he's been listening to the front office show and, and educating
1: himself. That's gonna be that's gonna be our new header. I'm gonna put that in up there. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be front office show show as listened to by Damian Lillard. <laughs>
2: by Damian Lillard, yeah. yeah, right. Imagine if that was the case. You no, know what's funny is he's pretty online, so I could see him being like, "What the hell is front office show?" <laughs> like, what is this? But you know, good for him, man. I think, uh, I I think this is a uh, pretty, pr- pretty cool. Um, yeah, Portland, he isn't wrong. They got a million different ways they could go. This off season with, with different stuff. So let's let's see what they do. I'm, uh, and their off season is probably one. It's way up there on ones I'm one of most
1: interested in this summer. Yep, yep, it's intriguing. Uh, last thing we've got for you: the Heat signed Michael Mulder and wave Kyle Guy. You know, in play
2: Kyle guy as as it was being put on online is he the fall guy for the fight in their huddle the, the other day like oh. uh, Jimmy Butler, what, did, what did you Adonis think about Anson? that
1: we, we haven't talked about that
2: yeah I tend to think it's at the end of a long season mm-hmm. these are uh, guys who are competitive guys who are known especially Jimmy Butler as being kind of a cranky guy at times it was a little weird challenging your coach to fight and then the veteran was like I'll basically like i'll be your butt, um cleaning it up mm-hmm. for for our listeners here in case people have kids in the car or whatever but that was interesting i will also say udonis Hasm's is pretty high on the list of guys i don't want to mess with in in the nba you don't carve out a 20 year nba career by uh being as a role player without uh having a sort of reputation so Mm -hmm. i i don't know that i would want to mess with him but in the end i'm getting this will be nothing i mean it'll probably all blow over now if it happens again like when they they play next they maybe even tonight maybe they play yeah they play the knicks tonight if anything happens tonight in that game then all right that you might have you might need to send somebody home for a couple Mm -hmm. days and say hey go go chill and relax but
1: but we'll see Anytime you're spending that much time with someone else, there's going to be some things that, that'll come up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, what happened here was, was public. Usually this kind of stuff will happen yeah. in locker rooms. And usually, again, it's yeah. just nobody ever hears about it. It's no big deal. Just people were venting and then and you move on and, and you're good. Um, that can just happen. It is weird, though, that there was a coach involved. Yeah, that's, that's the weird part about this. Um, yeah. Players, whatever, getting frustrated with each other. But typically the coach doesn't get involved in in stuff like this with with a player You usually see the coach is the guy that keeps their cool and all that kind of you know yeah. whatever but uh but we got an epic clipboard throw out of eric spolstra so i mean well, and
2: then pj tucker like picking everything yeah. up my <laughs> favorite part was when kyle lowry had the look on his face like i'm too old for this crap and he was just like i'm out of here like i'm walking to the end of the bench i'm out like i i loved it like he just the look on his face was
1: perfect. he's doing the he's doing the lethal weapon <laughs>
2: yeah Yep. Yeah, it's a yeah, it was it, uh, that was pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, the, and you're exactly right. I mean, I think about it as go on a vacation with with your family mm-hmm. and share a hotel room for like a week. When you get back, you want you you're good if you don't you need another vacation. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you need another one by yourself somewhere. And that's you know, and that, that that's with the people you know you love most in the world. Like, I don't think the average person realizes just how much time all of these guys spend together. It is basically all the time. Like there's very little break, you know, from each other. And in with the way the COVID protocols have loosened considerably, but they're still not back to exactly what it was. You still have a lot of teams are doing meals together and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, you're, you're going to have this stuff. So it, again, if it doesn't happen again, all right, it was what it was. You move on. If it happens again. And then when right, we got to, you know, probably have a different conversation, that's probably where our exposure will be as well.
1: Yep. Yep. Agreed. All right. I think that's everything that we need to get to today. Obviously the NBA season is getting closer and closer to a conclusion and then we're going to get a really fascinating NBA playoffs. And of course, eventually we'll get into the draft and our favorite time of year, free agency and all that stuff that's going to be going down as well. So appreciate everybody who's been following us, everybody who's left reviews and ratings over on Apple podcasts. Again, that's a great way to help out the show. Don't forget to like this video as well. That's a way that you can help us comment down below and make sure you are subscribing to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel and turn on those notifications. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.